Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. Hey, George. Hey, Lions. How's it going? It's going good, man. I spent the last month playing uh, variety. Let's say variety. A smorgasbord. A a smatter. A cornucopia. A plethora. I think I'm about out of synonyms now. <laughs> of of the sources like is that what you've done you just spent the last month going through the so- the sori the soropodies yeah the actually thesaurus is the subject of one of my all-time favorite jokes uh that uh mike third host who doesn't always speak on every episode uh told me yes. some some time ago um this the source i have is terrible and also terrible <laughs> that's a that's a good thesaurus joke right there um, so this is a very special episode, not like an after school special, very special episode. Um, but to explain this, uh, I have to explain the nature of time travel. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we usually record somewhat close to when an episode releases, but every once in a while, because of like vacation or work stuff or like life just happening, we sort of record like an episode out of time. Mm-hmm. So as of this recording, the Bubble Bobble episode was just released to the world, but we actually recorded it as of this recording a little over a month ago. Actually, like mm-hmm. a month, yeah, yeah, about five weeks. Uh, and in that episode, uh, I made some some claims, some statements about you did. Yeah, so I, I cast <laughs> some some stones. <laughs> yeah, no, you 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 made some broad sweeping statements, and you and 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 you know, I mean, that's fair. You're just like throwing science against the wall to see what sticks and. <laughs> And, you know, I mean, to be fair, like 90% of the time we both do that and we get away with it. But this this was one of the 10% where where I was like, no, let's not let that fly. Yeah, this shall not pass. Uh, so that thing that <laughs> shall not pass was that uh, basically all smartphone games are garbage. And I, I don't judge people who play them, but I have pretty strong feelings about their garbageness. Well, more so that you said that they were all the same type of game. Is that they were all games yeah, similar all, to Bubble all, Bobble? All garbage. <laughs> yeah. Well, that implies that Bubble Bobble was garbage. Man, are you are you starting off this episode just throwing <laughs> science at the wall to see what sticks? I haven't learned anything. But no, is it that the if I remember correctly, the assertion was that most, if not all, cell phone games are you know watching the numbers go up. They're all achiever heavy. They're all like you know very much so Candy Crushes and yeah, things your, like your that. Your bejeweleds, your Flappy Birds. Yeah. And uh, I don't like those kind of games, right? And and again, like not judging people who do like those kind of games, but I realized that console games that emulate that kind of game are crap to me. Like I don't enjoy mm-hmm. them, um, even for a well-made version of that kind of thing. And that was your counter was not all, hashtag not all smartphone games are, you know, score, make the number bigger, you know, get a little bit further, infinite runner kind of games. Um, right. So uh, without telling you until like a few days ago, I took it upon myself to spend the month since we recorded that episode just playing all of these like highly recommended, uh, really supposed to be like grade A uh, mobile games. And almost all of these are available on Android and iOS 
Uh, there are a few specific exceptions that are Apple arcade games, which I'll, I'll get to mm. in a minute. Um, but yeah, so the, I wanted to share with you and with the folks at home uh, kind of what that experience was like, because I did learn some things about myself as a gamer and mobile devices as gaming console gaming devices gaming experiences platforms platforms, platforms. that is this the source is terrible <laughs> <laughs> what, what else is it <laughs> yeah platforms is, is it, absolutely is the correct word there um <laughs> so let me uh before we jump into this let me uh say just a couple things uh one um the show notes for this episode are actually like just bursting with games that i played during this experiment um I'm not going to mention every single one of them by name, but like, if you want to see all the games that I played, uh, there they are, um, with, there's a couple that I left out because I just didn't get to actually like try them. And I felt bad listing them when I like installed, it, played it for five seconds and then never touched it again. Um, so I'm, I'm going to mention some of them by name, but they're all in the show notes. So if you want to go and like play them, I actually put them all in there. Um, and then also, uh, one of the games we have coming real up. Fast, it's, I think real fast is also worth noting that these are all the ones you played not the ones you recommend correct oh, yeah absolutely not um yeah and sorry i just it started to sound like a recommendation and i didn't want your your no. name to be drug through the mud yeah. like i can't believe lions recommended yeah. it. so i actually because i put the show notes together uh if you look closely the bullets next to the show notes are emoji and the ones that mm. i enjoyed are a thumbs up the ones that i didn't enjoy are a thumbs down and the ones that i have mixed feelings about are like the shaking wavy hand <laughs> Interesting. What about ones that were like awful? Were they just a poop emoji? Two thumbs down. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, it should have been a poop emoji. Yeah. Here's the thing about time travel. As you're saying this, this hasn't (laughs) gone out yet, so I'm going to change it now. (laughs) (laughs) But then make it really confusing that like two poop emojis are like good, you know, like really good. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not going to go to some like arcane, indecipherable hieroglyphic system. (laughs) (laughs) But yes. Okay. So, so. Thumbs up is good. Wavy hand is so-so. Poop emoji is bad. Well, no. Poop emoji will have to stand in for two thumbs down. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very bad. Yes. So very bad. Very and bad. I think there's actually a couple two thumbs up, so I'll have to think of something. Maybe a star. Um, yeah. A rainbow. I don't know. I'll come up with something. Um, but yeah, so that that's one thing. The show notes, there's actually stuff in there, so go look. Uh, and the other thing is, um, you know... Uh, 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 coffee, uh, Patreon, uh, Twitch, uh, where you could subscribe, how you can rate us and review us. Keep doing those things. Uh, we've gotten a few like really enjoyable reviews and stuff lately from people that like, I'm starting to think we're going to need to compile some of our favorites together and do like a sharing the comments episode at some point. Cause like there's some, there's some funny stuff. Yes. They, they are very delightful. They, they literally make lines in my day, like, yeah. you know, it, you know, cause lines tends to, um, you know, be the arbiter of these so he catches them first and then he'll share them with me and be like dude check this out and I'm like i love our fans our fan base is awesome so pl- please continue that kind of stuff it, it is infinitely delightful and literally kind of the reason we do this so yeah no totally true so now on to the games uh so i broke these into um four kind of categories uh and and i realized the reason i ended up with these categories is because i realized that my main issue with mobile games is actually not what I thought it was. That's my second issue. My second issue (laughs) is the type of game, make the number bigger, infinite runner. Like I just don't find those kinds of experiences particularly compelling. And I thought that was my biggest problem. Turns out my biggest problem with mobile games is touch controls. 
And so the four yep. categories, or the sorry, the three categories, it's like four, but less one. The, the three categories that I group these games that I played into are uh, tolerable touch controls, where like the controls did not ruin the experience. Uh, games that can be played with a controller or not, and absolutely must be played with a controller unless you are a masochist. And then traditional games from other consoles that they tried to port to mobile devices and how catastrophically that experience was ruined for me. So, and, and that, that last category was actually the one that made me realize how important controllers or some kind of like bespoke input device is. So mm-hmm. let's talk about uh, games with tolerable touch controls. So these are games like uh, Alto's Adventure and Alto's Odyssey, which is like an infinite runner style. Uh, you're sandboarding like through the desert. Um, Monument Valley and its sequel. Threes, uh, a game called Reigns and the sequel, which is Reigns, Her Majesty. Uh, what the Golf and Attack the Light, which is actually a Steven Universe game that is incredibly charming. Um, it's like a simplistic kind of JRPG. Uh, but so what all these I, I think I actually played that one a while back. Yeah, no, super fun, right? It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what all those games have in common is they were specifically designed for touch controls. So like Alto and uh uh Monument Valley and Threes, all of those are like tap at the right moment or rotate a thing or swipe a thing away from you. Uh, Reigns actually also falls into this, right? So it's like your Reigns is like a big stack of cards and you, you swipe the cards left and right to, you know, Reigns was one of the ones I played. I, I, I played Reigns and threes out of the list that you kind of gave me that I, I played a decent amount so I could speak educatedly about them. So. <laughs> I, I mean, I did intentionally give you very little notice. Um, yeah. I was like, Hey, we're you doing that this. one. And then, <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, e- Evo Land was the one that I think will fall under barely tolerable touch controls. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, because that, that was my experience with it as well. But please continue. Yeah, so all of those uh, games that I just mentioned, they all are designed for a world of touch controls, right? So Alto's Adventure uh, is a beautiful infinite runner. It's got amazing music. The visuals are spectacular. If you like infinite runners, I can recommend Alto's Adventure and Alto's Odyssey like a million times over. But it's, I don't really like infinite runners because it's just make the number go larger, right? I got a thousand meters this time. Can I get to a thousand and one meters? Can I get to a thousand and two meters? And actually, when those games were first like revealed to me, I was like, oh, okay. And I gave them more of my time and attention than I normally give infinite runners, but they still petered out suddenly and dramatically where I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm done. Monument Valley and its sequel are what I think touch control games for me need to be because they are a defined experience. And that is what makes those games distinctly different uh, from most of the games I played. So Monument Valley uh, and Attack the Light, there is a story and you finish the story and then you are done playing that game. So you don't have to go buy more gems. You don't have to try and get to a thousand and one meters. You don't have to like force yourself to either cave to your addiction or resist your addiction, depending on where you fall on that line. It's just like you read the book and then the book is done. And if you want to go and like reread a favorite chapter or talk to a friend about an interesting passage, you can, but the experience is contained, right? Infinite runners, flappy birds, like all those kinds of games, they just go on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, right? Uh, Threes also fell into this uh, because Threes is a puzzle game that 
the the swipey controls because you're moving stacks of numbers over uh, other stacks of numbers. So like you match up two threes and then you match up two sixes and then you match up two twelves and on and on like this. So it's the controls are fine, but eventually I was just like, okay, I've gotten to a point where I've reached like my intellectual, like natural ability. And I, yeah. I, I think like I got to the point where I was routinely getting like between five and 10,000 points. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, like this is a respectable score, but to get better at this, I would have to put in a non-trivial amount of time and like learn strategies and learn like what things to avoid. And I just don't, care enough to do that just to make the number bigger. Like if I was going to put in that kind of effort, I would want to like learn go or chess or, or (laughs) blackjack and then go become rich. Right. Like there's, there's just something about like, once I reach the end of my natural ability at a puzzle game or would you call it a puzzle game threes? It's a, it's not really a puzzle. Yeah, It's a puzzle game. Is it puzzles? Yeah. I think, I think that it would fall into that, that category of like, the idea being that there is a um it, it would be similar to like a rubik's cube you know mm-hmm. um it, or 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 sudoku you know actually i'd say it's probably very, very much in line with sudoku it's it's a it's a math puzzle game so I'm, we're not going to do a hashtag not all pen and paper games but sudoku has <laughs> like it has like an end state right like you solve the puzzle and then you're done threes there may be like a mathematical end, but it is probably way beyond most people's ability, right? The The goal is to make the number go higher. The goal with Sudoku is to finish. Right. So, and actually that, that brings us to something that I think will help inform some of this conversation. So we had talked about, as we've many times on the show, cycle time, right? <laughs> and Which is, you know, the amount of time that it takes, you know, between when you fail at a thing and you get a chance to start again. And then there's another thing, which is the amount of time it takes to get a satisfying experience out of the game, you mm. know, from like when you pick up the controller to when you stop, which we, neither of us could remember the title of. And since we're, it, we refuse to do research outside of the show, we have dubbed Snickers time, right? <laughs> because it's the amount of time that to satisfaction. It's satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Snickers, <laughs> yeah, Snick, so, so that's the thing is that I think that the main thing is what, what causes the Snickers time is in threes is, you've played until failure in Sudoku. It's you played until success, you know? Mm. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, so it's like with Gungeon, you know, you just, you typically play until you fail. You wouldn't say, you know, you don't sit down to play Gungeon to get a satisfying experience until you beat the game. You'll be there for hours or days and be sad. <laughs> yeah. But with Sudoku, if you sat down for a five minute experience and you got like halfway through it, you wouldn't say that you completed a round of Sudoku, you know? So I think that, similar end state but the snickers time is different yeah no i, I like that because i i think that like enter the gungeon one of the things that made it more tolerable to me is uh, a good segue into our, our next section which is uh controller or gtfo is how i have it in my notes because <laughs> enter the gungeon is in some ways a flappy bird-esque make the numbers go higher right like there's exploration and you want to like see the dungeon and unlock new guns right like there's other aesthetics going on but at the core it's to get to the end of the dungeon and if your ability isn't good enough like if you like i i didn't beat it right so like i continued to enjoy it even though the end seemed like an unattainable it might as well have been endless it it might as well have had infinity floors because Mm -hmm. i i I didn't get to the end and it didn't seem like i was ever going to but i did continue to enjoy it because of all this other stuff and 
because the interaction done with a controller means that those Snickers moments, right? The Snickers time is more, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a, it's a higher quality Snickers, right? So you have right. to hold this button and push that trigger and then snap the stick over and, and do this like epic dodge touch controls, accommodate none of that, not just almost none of that, mm-hmm. literally none of that. None, 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 none. Right. Yeah. No, tw- Twitch, Twitch reaction time stuff is really, really difficult to do with touch controls. I think the closest you get would be like a, a flappy bird or something like that. But even that, I mean, it's it's very narrow in what you can do, you know, um, and pretty much. And I think you're going to going to get to this. But any time when, in my opinion, when you are superimposing a controller onto a touchscreen, you have already screwed up, <laughs> you know, like it just I have played a smattering of different games that attempt that it never works well it always feels clunky you, you, you just because you need that that basically haptic tactile feedback of the controller to know where your hands are it's just the same reason why they have little bars on the f and j keys on the keyboards so that way you know where to set your hands you know and a, a flat touch screen can't do that and so yeah anytime when i i've literally downloaded smartphone games and they said like okay here's how you you control the character and they say like you know this is your d-pad i just uninstall like i'm like we're done yeah this, no, this hard, not hard out hard out yeah <laughs> <laughs> so this is, I, th- I think Enter the Gungeon is a spectacular example of this because uh, Apple Arcade, which I'm neither supporting or or decrying, um, has games mm-hmm. that have to meet certain minimums to qualify for Apple Arcade. So I did the free trial of Apple Arcade because there were a bunch of games on there that people were like, oh my God, these are the smartphone games that like, oh, right. Because they're not smartphone games. The games in Apple Arcade, like there are some that you can just play with touch controls or you shake your phone or your iPad or whatever, but most of them are console quality games. In a few cases, they are literally console games that were ported to iOS and they are expecting you to pair a Bluetooth controller with your Mm -hmm. phone or tablet to play the game. And one of those games is literally Exit the Gungeon. And so... Mm -hmm. You're on an elevator and the elevator is just going up to take you out of the gungeon and enemies, you know, the bullet kin, is that what they were called? The, yeah. the bullet kin are like coming from all over and you have to murder them and survive. Can you imagine trying to play a gungeon with touch controls? Because the game, yeah. if I understood correctly, will actually allow you to do that. But I couldn't even bring myself to try, not even out of morbid curiosity. I just paired my PS4 controller with my iPad and was like, "That this is how this game is surely meant to be played. But that at, po- yeah. at that point, you just have a complicated Nintendo Switch. <laughs> at that point, it's just a Nintendo Switch with a bunch of extra steps. Um yeah, and, and, and I would agree with that. Um, and I think that, that the main thing here is that just like we've seen with garbage arcade ports or pretty much anything where it's just, you know, or, or, or even, you know, battle chests where basically we say like, oh, yeah, they just took chests and then they, you know, supercharged it and then like ported it over to the thing. But then if there's, there, you have to consider the way in which the audience is experiencing it. For instance, you know, 
like with with writing, you know, or or D and D, any any spoken word storytelling, right? It's really a lot more difficult to hide something in a scene because you have to describe it, right? And so anything that you're describing gets dis, you know described, so the audience can pick it out. So it can be done. It's very very difficult, right? Whereas that 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 crap's easy in a movie. You can just <laughs> shove random in the background. No one will even notice it until all of a sudden you have that aha moment, right? So if you are trying to if if you are building a cell phone game where you're like the only way for this to reasonably work is with a controller right then you really need to take a step back and be like then is it a cell phone game you know or is there a way for me to to change the way i'm looking at this so that way it can be touch controls not a controller based game because otherwise you are severely limiting your audience if you expect people if your entire audience is people who have a controller that will bluetooth pair to their system that's not the reason why most people play smartphone games not to say that hashtag not all smartphone games but (laughs) you're you're really curtailing your audience it's like building in vr or motion controls into a ps4 game it's like can you do it yeah can the ps4 do it sure does 90 percent of the people who own a ps4 have those things no so you know and and I, I think you actually just touched on the business incentive to do a thing like this right because if, if you are a a product person and you are going to make a product you need to be aware of the total addressable market the tam right and mm-hmm. so the tam for smartphone games or like let's say ipad games right just touch screen device games where you have to pair a controller to get a decent or good or even just required experience just a year ago or more was like really small, right? That was a really small cross-section of people. But now that iPads are cheaper than ever, everyone carries a powerful smartphone. Like if you are into gaming, the odds that you also have a smartphone powerful enough to play like a Switch quality game is pretty good, right? There's a lot of overlap there. So you figure, okay, well, we have an audience of people who probably have a PS4 or an Xbox or a Switch controller in their house already. So if we put a game on this platform, we might be able to get their eyeballs off of their Xbox, PlayStation, or Switch onto our thing because they won't have to buy any additional hardware, right? Mm-hmm. And and this is, I think, part of like what makes me feel like old man yells at cloud about this because <laughs> if you think about the way games were for us growing up, and you know certainly for the people bef- who came before us, you had to buy specialty hardware to play specialty software, right? That was that was a narrow market, right? The only people who could play your specialty software were people who bought your specialty hardware specifically to play your specialty software. Now we are firmly moving into, if not having already moved into a place where you can just sort of assume most of the market has the hardware they need to play your game. And now you're just competing for their attention. So I don't, know how I feel about that world because it's a little bit of an encroachment onto like, well, when I was your eight, right? Like there's definitely some like old man yells at cloud involved. Like I want gaming to be more accessible, but not if it means an overall reduction in what I perceive to be the quality of games. Well, and I think that, that two things. So one is that I think uh, my, my fear is that 
the I, you are correct in the way that you're addressing it, but is that a lot of the game devs aren't necessarily approaching it that way. A lot of the times, I think what they're approaching it as is this is a great idea for a game, you know, and in order for the game to function the way I want it to function, you need a controller. And it's like, well, people have controllers. And it's like, yeah, and all of that's true. But you need to make sure that you're advertising appropriately and that you're budgeting appropriately. Because, you know, like you said, is that does everybody have the right hardware? Sure. But why do most people play cell phone games? Most people play who have the hardware play the proper hardware when they have the time to play the hardware you know like even yourself or myself right i've got a ps4 i've got a nintendo switch and when i sit down to play video games i play ps4 and nintendo switch games i don't pull out my cell phone the only time i pull out my cell phone is when i need something that a i can play anywhere or b i have something with a very very small snickers time and what what eats what takes off huge bites (laughs) of my snickers time is setting up bluetooth like syncing up bluetooth (laughs) crap and like dealing with all of that right so i have five minutes to play a game you know i'm not going to sit there and try and spend a whole bunch of time singing my stuff again all of this is possible, but some of the games I've seen that, you know, theoretically require a controller to be synced to them, or you've got to use touchscreen controller controls, which is awful. And I hate <laughs> the sentence I had to say. Um, they, they look like their budget was sizable, so or at least sizable enough to the point where they're trying to get some people to play the game just on their cell phone. And that doesn't seem like a great idea. Yeah. So a a good example of this in my controller or GTFO category is a game called Sayonara Wild Hearts, which I will save you the trip into the show notes. I highly recommend this game because it checks all of my boxes for something that I can recommend. It is uh, beautiful visually. Uh, It has a fantastic story that is uh, pretty clear what the story is, but also it's like told in a way that's very artistic and open to a lot of interpretation. So you can sort of bring what you want to the story. Um, the The music, it's basically playing an album. Like it's a, it's not a quite a rhythm game, but it's basically a rhythm game. Um, mm-hmm. And and it was designed for a controller, but because the interaction model is simple enough. They were like, oh, well, we could do this with touch controls because it's like swipe left to avoid that obstacle, swipe right to avoid this obstacle, tap to jump at the right time, right? So it's like, yeah, you can do it without a controller paired, but I did that for all of about five seconds before I paired my PS4 controller, and I was like, oh, this is better in every conceivable way. So (laughs) it's the, the reason I can still recommend this game is because it is a contained story and like you get a score per level. So you could say like, Oh, I want to, you know, triple star every level or whatever their rating system is. I don't remember. I want to triple hearts every level. You could do that. Or you can just say, I want to, I want to read the book and then I want to be done with the book. And it's because it's so visually and orally stunning and it, it's a good, interesting story that I think is worth people experiencing. I would recommend this to anyone, but unfortunately the way I would recommend it is if you already have a Bluetooth controller and you already have an iPad or you know someone who has those things, uh, get them to get the free trial month of Apple Arcade, play this game in one sitting because you can beat it in like 90 minutes. Um, and then, then you're done. Like then you're done. Like, but I feel, <laughs> be done with it. I feel bad about that because I'm essentially saying don't actually give the developers any money because you're doing a free trial and then don't stick with Apple Arcade because your 90-minute experience is now completed. So what I would actually probably recommend is I think this game is on PS4 maybe and PC. 
So like, just go buy this game and just like, just play it. Cause it's good. <laughs> but, but like making it work with touch controls was a coincidence. Like they didn't design this game thinking like one day we will be on the iPad. Well, and I think you actually just hit on something that I think might be a better business model, right? Is if they, cause again, like it's all like genre, right? So, I mean, you know, if they, if they had like a little controller by the game before you download it, it's like controller recommended, right? You know, then that'd be fine because then I'd be like, all right, well, I'll probably skip over most of those. Or if I try to download it, I know what I'm getting into. Um, but is, is one of the things that, you know, uh, that they used to do f- for a period of time was like, you know, trials of games. And now they kind of do that with paywalls, right? But basically, you know, to say like, hey, you know, this game sign our hearts, right? We, we strongly recommend you use a controller for it. And you know what? You can just go buy the game, you know, on the PS4, whatever. But if you want to try it out, you know, like you, here's a cell phone version of it. If you want the full experience, mm. go, you know, go buy it on the PS4. But here's a truncated cell phone version. And, you know, it, it's like, yeah, you know, the controls aren't as good. This is, you know, this is not the full game. But if you like this and you want more of it, then go spend your money here. You know, which I wish they had more stuff like that. I, um, I can imagine yeah. Apple not loving that business model because then it's like, why are you using our super powered computer device as in a fancy billboard <laughs> to advertise for other right, platforms? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, because then the, the way it would have to work is in order to be in the Apple store, the game designer would have to pay a fee basically to advertise. But yeah, so let's use this as a segue into my my last category, uh, traditional games that were ruined by touch controls. So uh, two my two specific examples, because lots of uh, lots of traditional games have been backported legally and otherwise onto mobile devices. Uh, So if you want to play like Super Mario World on a smartphone, you can't give nintendo money to do that but you can do it and then you have to do the dreaded on-screen controller unless you pair a controller right in at that point just friggin' get a game boy for god's sake um (laughs) but here's two examples of games that officially came to smartphones that i tried so hard to care about uh and and you got so far but in the end it didn't even matter um (laughs) sonic the hedgehog (laughs) So, so Sega did a thing like a couple of years ago where they were like, we're going to release all of these games on mobile devices for free. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that Sega did something ill-advisable with their Sonic IP? With madness. With all of, they went like full back catalog, which is even more. (laughs) They went, they went full David Pumpkins on this? Yes, they did. (laughs) So Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, in case you've somehow never heard of this game, is a game best played with a controller. (laughs) And trying to play it with a touchscreen is, I think, experience ruining. And that's not even counting the fact that they shoved in a million ads. There's video ads that play in between every act and every level. There's a video ad that plays when you start the game. There's a video ad that plays when you try and close the game. When you're asleep at night, your phone actually crawls up on top of your face <laughs> and plays video ads into your eyes and ears while you're sleeping. It's it, nice. it's not good. <laughs> they, they, they took this game and and it's like if they had waited until now if they'd waited until this time in history when android and ios officially supported controllers what they should have done was said we will sell you a bluetooth controller that looks like a genesis controller 
and it will play and feel exactly like a Genesis controller. And then for, you know, 99 cents a month or for $10 a year or whatever, you can play all of the back catalog of, of Sega games. And it probably would not have been a huge moneymaker, but it would have showed that they, they understood the new world, that they understood how nostalgia works and how people do not want their nostalgia to come to them through touch controls, right? Like it's just, it's not good, but Sega being Sega, they they were either too early or too late. Like it, it's just it's all it's just bad, it's bad. Um, Final Fantasy Tactics was the other one. And oh no! Yeah, and th- oh. <laughs> this was. How did they screw that up? That should be. I mean, it's it's mostly you should just be able to touch the prompts and touch where you want to go. Yes, all of what you just <laughs> said was like- exactly the mentality I had going into this experience. But, and this is not the platform's fault so much as the, you know, cash grab port that they made. The touch targets are so awkward and the Mm. loading times are so bad and the screen response is so laggy that it's just, it would take you less time to go search all of the pawn shops in your city, find a Mm -hmm. PS1 then go search all of the pawn shops in a different city and find a disc of Final Fantasy Tactics, then drive back to your house and play this game for 60 hours than it would take to just play the game on a smartphone with touch controls. It, it's, it's unreal how bad they screwed this port up. A game that absolutely should be tolerable with touch controls. They couldn't... They found they found another way to ruin it, essentially. Nice, nice. Well, and that's another thing that, you know, again, is is super critical. So, you know, with a, with a, a sit-down, you know, a PS4, a Nintendo Switch, whatever, right? Um, the, the Snickers time is less important because, you know, typically you have set aside time to play that game, at least a half an hour, you know? You don't boot up play, P- PlayStation 4, you know, while you're, you're like, I've got five minutes before the kids come home. Like, that's, it, it happens, it's rare, right? But it's hyper important in a cell phone game because you are likely to be out and about right so with a game like final fantasy tactics it would be super important that or or with the sonic one where you know if it takes you the entirety of the amount of time that you have to play the game to get into the game you know then the, the game's non-viable you know i mean for final fantasy tactics the way it would have to work would be the minute that you load up the game it immediately loads up the encounter that you were in the status like where everything is you know so that way you can just the minute that somebody walks up to you and says hey lines you ready to go to that meeting you just press the button off on your phone you put it in your pocket and everything is saved you know the same thing with sonic the same thing with realistically most cell phone games should work that way and most of them do the ones that don't i think do it on purpose to kind of grind more money out of you yeah um yeah there but, some, uh, but yeah. sometimes it definitely feels like uh, you could have saved my state and you didn't because you're a jerk yeah exactly because it takes energy in order to do a thing and i have limited <laughs> energy and you want me to spend money on whatever so uh so yeah that's oh man that's a huge bummer bum that they screwed up final fantasy tactics yeah i even i tried it i tried that one twice because i was like oh maybe if it does save your state really well it would be fun on a smartphone because then when i'm standing in line i'm waiting at the dmv i'm at a red light right if i want to be the stereotype of someone who opens up bejeweled every single chance they get maybe i could do that with Final Fantasy Tactics, because then it doesn't matter if a battle takes me three days to complete because I'm playing it in like 90 second chunks. And I love that game so much that I would probably tolerate that. But because it doesn't magically perfectly save your state and the controls are really, really shockingly horrible. I was like, okay, well, maybe 
I'll play this on my iPad, right? So I have an iPad and it's, it's way more powerful in terms of like everything than, than my phone is in, in most senses that would matter for playing a game, I should say, but all the controls are still horrible. All the lag is still there. And the only time I can take out my iPad, I also am probably in a place where I could sit down and just play console video games. So I could just play it on a PS Vita or a a PS1 or a PS3 or a PS4. I think it's also on Switch now, right? Like I could, I could download a ROM off the internet. You could, you could, you could whittle out small figurines and chug all the math by hand and like put it on a virtual chessboard. Yeah. Set it all up from memory. Basically an option, right? So at that point, it's like, (laughs) if I'm going to play a game that I can only play on an iPad or the experience is only serviceable on an iPad, that's when I'm like, oh, okay, uh, exit the Gungeon with a controller. Sayonara Wild Hearts with a controller, right? Um, Games that I maybe like... Exit the Gungeon is an Apple Arcade exclusive. So if you want to play that game, you've got to suck it up and play it on an iPad with a controller paired because there's no other worthwhile way to play it, right? Maybe eventually Apple Arcade will be a thing you can do on a Mac, but then you have to have a Mac. And if you're if you're sitting in front of a $3,000 computer, you probably have a video game console. So like, <laughs> again, it's like I, this market segment, like I get that these people technically exist. I just don't think that they're making these sorts of like market choices. Um I do have one uh, one notable mention of a game that I want to share with everyone because it it sort of defies all of everything we just talked about, and that's why I think it's spectacular. Mm. Um, and I can't remember if I played this game with you or not. Did we play Space Team? No. So Space Team uh, was a game that was actually shared with me by a coworker, and. Uh, you have to play with other real people. Um, I think you can be physically distant, but it's it's meant to be played like in the same space. So you have mm-hmm. it on your phone. I have it on my phone. Let's say, you know, our, our wives have it on their phones and we all start the game at the same time. And the, the, the story of the game is we are flying a spaceship and I have mm. some of the controls and you have some of the controls and, the, you know, our wives each have some of the controls. And we... So it's like piloting the Megazord? Yes, but... <laughs> We all get instructions that may not be for our controls. So if a, huh. if an instruction pops up on the screen and I don't have that button or that toggle or that whatever on my control panel, I just have to shout it out and hope that one of you recognizes it because none of us can go on to the next step until that step is completed. So it's hmm. this interesting. Yeah, it's this it, and it's super fun because all the all the controls have like really stupid names. So it's like a lot of made up words, but then also silly things like file taxes. It's like filing taxes, right? Like just all these dumb and it's like buttons and toggles and stuff. And like sometimes like everyone has to stop what they're doing and like shake their phone. And that's like that's that instruction. It's just it's silly. It's fun. It is nothing like any of the games we talked about. Right. It is a party game that requires specialty hardware but the software is actually designed for that specialty hardware and takes advantage of what makes that specialty hardware special, right? Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, uh, you know, uh, motion controls, very, very simple touch controls with big touch targets that are like impossible to screw up. It's, it's probably the only smartphone game I've ever played that feels like it was designed for a smartphone. Not a game that can be played on a smartphone, but a game that said, what are all the things a smartphone can do? Let's make a game that does all of those things, right? It's almost in the kind of vein of like a, um, uh, like, uh, 
Pokemon Go or whatever it was called, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, we need a device that like has Wi-Fi and has GPS and has a camera. Like those kinds of games that actually take advantage of what makes a smartphone a smartphone, that to me is a lot more interesting than just can we take this game idea and shove it onto a smartphone? Because the answer is always yes, but should we? <laughs> you were you were so busy asking if you could, no one stopped <laughs> to think whether or not you should. Um, and I know you have your your final thoughts, um, but the the one thing that that I would like to share is um, that uh, the one main thing that I really enjoy about cell phone games is that the wild majority of them are are free. You know, I mean, like yes, there are ads and you know paywalls and all this sort of stuff, right? But that being said, is the core mechanics, right? Like, you know, for example, let's say that you play a deck builder game, right? You can get one that's pay for that will probably be good or one that's free that will probably that is really going to be hit or miss. But you can get a feel for the core mechanics of it. So I have played a number of different styles of games that I never would have even attempted uh, if it was a 15, even just like $5 for the PlayStation. I'd be like, no, I've got my PlayStation stuff. But, you know, when I'm sitting there, I played out the cell phone games that I normally play, you know, so I'm like, yeah, I'll just, I literally go online. I download four different games and then I just, I try them. Some of them I try for five minutes. Some of them I try for three hours, but you know, I, it, it gives a, it gives a voice to a lot of different devs and, uh, and yeah, and it gives me the ability to, to try a whole bunch of different types of games. And then once I find a style of game that I like, you know, typically actually find a good one. And and I, I appreciate you saying that because I think a big part of my reticence to play cell phone games of any kind was a sort of like purity and arrogance, right? I mean, the, the whole thing that led us to this episode existing is uh, me making some pretty sweeping statements about the quality of <laughs> I don't mobile want to, gaming. I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but every single cell phone <laughs> game ever created is garbage. Yeah, I, I may have said something like that. So, <laughs> so I I appreciate you uh, stating that that clearly because I think there probably are, and now more than ever, right? Maybe five years ago this was less true, and ten years ago it was definitely less true, but. Now more than ever, this is such powerful hardware that people have learned like kind of what is fun and what users hate and what makes an experience good or bad. This is probably the best time since smartphones to get into smartphone gaming. And because I actually do have a travel Bluetooth controller, like maybe there are some experiences like a Sayonara Wild Hearts or an Exit the Gungeon that are good enough that it's worth schlepping a controller around for, right? So I am... I, I don't see myself becoming a like, like, oh, I play this game every day or like, oh, I play this kind of game on my smartphone every single day. I just, I don't think it really fits my disposition or to be honest, my lifestyle, right? Like I've got, I got shit to do. So, so like, like I, <laughs> you don't have shit to do, but so, so uh, I think I can be more open-minded and, and find some, some experiences worth, worth having. Right. Um, my, my closing uh, request to the listeners is um, to to dr- you know take this to its logical conclusion. Uh, you know at 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 me on on the twitters right um, with you know hashtag not all smartphone games. Like what is a game based on what you just spent you know forty five minutes listening to me complain about? Like surely there are millions and millions of games and new ones getting uploaded to the app stores all the time. Like there are sh- probably lots of games that I would enjoy that I've missed because of my my own biases and preconceived notions. Um, 
So, you know, pr- prove me wrong. Like, pr- prove not, you know, hashtag not all smartphone games. Like, where are the games like your Sayonara Wild Hearts, like your Attack the Lights, um, like your Monument Valleys, like contained experiences that are hopefully more than tolerable with touch controls, maybe even good with touch controls um, that, are, that are worth playing. Like, where are they? Surely they exist. Hashtag not all smartphone games. The curtain falls. The music plays, the credits roll, then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself, the fanfare is gone. There's no player two there by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head from the time that you spent traversing the land, battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand. Your memories creep in with the end of a smile. <laughs>